Once again, it's time for another episode of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley R. Padgett. My name is M. Fear. I'm Val Pancakes. Val Pancakes is back! Uh, Val Pancakes is back, and it's time to talk wrestling with Val Pancakes and Harley. Hey ladies, guess what? Hey, Harleys, what's up? Happy anniversary! This week marks the three-year anniversary of Grit and Glitter. <gasps> we're three. Oh, my God. We're three natures. Oh, no. Guys, I'm dealing with a three-nature in my own life. It's not good. It's not good. This is when Grit and Glitter gets real bratty and learns the word no and starts using it a lot and says, no, 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 no. I don't want a podcast on a Tuesday. I want a podcast on a Monday night at 11.59 p.m. And I don't want to read that story. And I don't want to watch that wrestling event. Oh, no. This is a bad, bad time, guys. Bad, bad, bad time. That's why we sent Mayday to his room for, <laughs> for, for temper tantrums. Yeah, and he's not allowed to come out until we get apologies. But yeah, September 11th, 2019, we dropped the first episode. Some things have happened between then and now, you know. <laughs> stuff, has, stuff has happened in the world. Wait a second. Did we really put out our first Grit and Glitter episode on September 11th? We had to, or the terrorists would have won. Never forget, everybody. The true anniversary. I haven't listened to that episode in a while, but I guarantee you I probably made that joke on that episode. Several times. Yeah, it was just a coincidence, you know? It's just um, It just happened to be that week's Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember if we were Tuesday or Wednesday when we started. It's been so long. We even know about pancakes when this show started. I, I was nobody three years ago, so that's really to be expected. That's not true. You were somebody, but you are also additional somebodies now. You're many, many different people now. But you were somebody then, and you're just, you know, several layers extra now. I, I, I prompt like I appreciate that, but no, I was really nobody. Like it's, I was like, it's weird that you would mention that because I was like, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, I was nobody three years ago. Nobody in the grand scheme of independent wrestling, anyway. Hmm. No, I mean, when we started Grit and Glitter, okay, we knew Megan, because Megan had guest starred a couple of times on our previous podcast, Talking Honor. We had, hmm, I think Val Quartz was on our radar, but we hadn't, I hadn't ever spoken to her. Never met JR, never met Meg, never met any of these people. And look at us now, look at this little family we made over three years. Oh, our little chosen family. Hey, that feels like a good segue to talk about the chosen family of the wrestling show we watched this week. Our sister podcast, LGBT in the Rain, hosted by Brian Bell. Brian threw a little uh, wedding gift to themselves and <laughs> put on a wrestling show. Yeah, oh. Brian really killed the whole wedding gift idea, wedding celebration. Like, because they did a wedding, them and their partner, they did a wedding. They did the whole shebang, looked beautiful. Congratulations, happily married couple. And then. As you know, an extra cake on a cake, 
they threw a special wrestling show with like two amazing companies in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it really makes the toaster I gave him look like crap. I mean, we went to South Carolina for like three days after we got married. Like, this is far, far better than that. But yeah, so Brian puts on, I can't say, can't give Brian all the credit because without a cause, out of Everett, Washington, obviously did a lot of the heavy lifting here. Which makes sense. I mean, our like I said, our teammate Mayday has said that in the past, too, with CFU when they first started out. If there are other people who have the experience, have the know-how, are willing to help, are willing to lend a hand and get you on the right track, take their help. <laughs> take their advice. By all means, like, this is a community, right? Yes. I think that if someone is willing to assist you with running a wrestling show and maybe you've never done it before, but someone is like, here, help. You should probably take that. Otherwise, you know, there are consequences to action sometimes. But partnership is a good thing. I think if anything that we've learned over the years is that um, when partner, when promotions partner up, when people partner, like special organizations or entities partner up with promotions a lot of good can come out of it because you can get a lot of shared resources that way there's a lot of shared expertise and it makes everybody's lifting a little lighter but it also gives you access to um differing perspectives and different like levels of talent and different like uh areas of talent so like there are people included in this card who may not be uh, frequent players on one of the promotions cards, but maybe they will get there now because they've had this experience. It benefits everybody, including the audiences that attend both um, in person and watch on the live streams. So yeah, partnerships, teamwork. It's it's truly, it's truly a, a, a beautiful thing to behold. Now I'm not overly familiar with what a cause without a cause. And I'm also admittedly not very familiar with men's wrestling on the independence. So there were a lot of names on this card, which I'd never seen before, which is always a little exciting, too, to, to get, uh, I don't know. It's all, I guess as a wrestler, especially on the indies, you have to go into every match thinking there's a good chunk of people here who might be seeing me for the first time, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think this show, I feel like this show had that kind of energy to it because there was a lot of pre-existing stories going into this but um it did kind of feel like there were wrestlers here who were taking advantage of the new crowd our opening contest was a four-way it was kikio versus chris brady versus abigail warren versus jebediah is that right i came into this halfway through due to my own personal thing so i'll be totally upfront if i got somebody's name wrong there I actually, I had to listen to, I had to watch a lot of this on mute because um, the first hour happened, coincided with bedtime, with my, well, pre-bedtime and then bedtime and bath with my kiddo. So um, I didn't catch everyone's name. Although this was my first, I think this is my first introduction to all four of these wrestlers. And uh, Kikio and Abigail Warren especially were super impressive to me. So for me... Um... I had seen Kikio before, not in person, just on different streams. Um, she had wrestled on, I think it was SOS that was on IWTV Friday night. But the other three were new to me. So I was I was kind of just watching with an open mind. Um, Kikio, I, th- I feel like she's been around a little while. So it kind of 
I kind of got the, and maybe I'm completely wrong on this just because they were new to me. Doesn't mean they're new to wrestling, but I did sort of get the vibe. Like we're going to do this four way and Kiki is going to kind of like be like the vet in the ring. Yeah. The, the fallen flower Kikio was featured a lot in Chicago's rise wrestling back in yeah. 2017, oh. 2018. I was a devout, like I've watched every rise show. And, and Kikio has been on Defy, right? Because I feel I've seen her there. Cause I feel I first, like that's correct. Yeah, I feel like I, I haven't seen her. But now that I'm thinking about it, that can't have been. Because I definitely saw her in Rise. I definitely saw her in Defy. She, she's great. Yeah, she's faced Rebel Kel and Danica Delarouge in Defy this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, really, I really liked her in this match. And you could tell that she was kind of there to kind of be the, the like center hold for this for this four way which isn't you know isn't shade against any of the other competitors in this there's always i think in a good four-way match to me there's always someone who's kind of the keystone of of the match and she definitely definitely was when you're doing from what from from what i've noticed just as a fan um it helps when you're having like a multi-man match especially with people that maybe haven't been wrestling as long to have a vet in as like a ring general to kind of make sure that everyone's remembering their spots and where they should be for this, that, and the other. Um, you were saying the pacing on the show was really, the show was just really well paced. And I feel like, especially for an indie show like this and where you're trying to reach maybe new people who, because this was kind of a passion project, especially for Brian, right? So you think there's a good chance there might be people in the crowd who don't go to a lot of wrestling shows or who don't go to, don't know independent wrestling and I feel like in instances like that, opening with like a four-way match is always a strong opener because you get a lot of movement, you get a lot of different bodies, so you've got different characters and personalities that people can kind of latch onto. Yeah, absolutely. I I think a four-way match is a really fun way to start. It gets a lot of people, um, it gets a lot of wrestlers' attention right away. Um, it doesn't require anyone to be any audience member to stay focused on one thing for too long. Um, it's, it's kind of like the difference between having someone watch like an eight minute episode of something versus a like, you know, full, like 26 minute, like episode of something or a full hour of something like you are giving the audience a like invite in with something very accessible, like little like nuggets of action happening amidst a lot of like chaotic movement. It's, um, it's a super good way to start a show like this. And this was, so this was at like a, like BFW, I think this show was held because it definitely looked like one in like the best. And I mean, that in the best sense, like you could see the bar in the background before at tables like nearby. And in addition to like being in like, you know, seats around the ring, it wasn't a super big house. So it felt like every audience member in the room, uh, I mean, big as in like, it wasn't like a particularly sizable venue. So, but, so it felt very full and um, everybody in the audience kind of counted for it. Yeah, crowd was really into it all night, clearly. Like, everybody was excited to be there. Very much very much a good chunk of probably without a cause regulars because they definitely responded to certain wrestlers in the way where me, the viewer at home, can tell, oh, this guy probably wrestles there once a month. They, 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 based on the reaction he's getting just walking through the curtains. Yeah, so fun forward. It is Chris Brady picking up the win in our opening contest. And then our second match is Parm Singh Man versus Anton Voorhees. Anton, I know, very uh, 
very very well acquainted with the west coast crowd yes i i love watching anton Voorhees. i think he pulls off things that other people just don't or can't and like every time i watch him was there's always like one at least one move where i'm like what the f- was that like i i like anton's matches so i may be perhaps a bit biased now I'm with you, Val, and I think that you you put it out on Twitter about the fact that he just he can do things that other people just never quite be are able to sell. And I think you're absolutely right. He has just insane amounts of charisma on top of insane amounts of talent. So like everything he does just feels that much more effective because like you're captivated by watching him move. Absolutely, like you just there's just you you don't want to take your eyes off him because you know that if you do that's when he'll pull out something and you'll be mad that you missed it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's this um, feeling when you're watching him that just like literally at any point he could pull out something really crazy. Like I liked the opening contest, but Anton's German suplex off of the second rope in this one was the first move of the night where I was like, oh, wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> That's the <laughs> moment I was like, wow, that's just like a beautiful German suplex. Oh, God, it is. It is really. And again, you have you have a person who like obviously has years of in-ring experience, really um, feeling all the bit like all, all the, the best aspects of being a veteran in that in that space. And it was a cradle DDT following that German suplex. Anton hits a cradle DDT for the win, picks up the win in match number two at Cascadia. Then we go into Jaden versus Nack Xander. Xander is definitely one of the names on the card that I was not familiar with at all. But again, another little another little opportunity here for two people to really show out in a singles match on a card like this. So this is where my stream froze and it took me like forever to get back um, into the app. Because for some reason, I don't know if anybody else has this problem with IWTV where my stream will freeze and then I have to like go all the way out of my app to go back in. Um, and so it, I, I didn't catch most of this match. So I was fine with my stream. This was during um, the time where I couldn't watch anything. Cause I was bathing my child. So I, don't, I, I did not catch any of this, this match and the next match, I won't have anything to say because I did not get to see them. Okay, zero disrespect to Knack and Jaden, but I was making dinner. I didn't catch most of this match either. Just oh bad timing God. all around. It's because we're all on the East Coast. I'm going to blame it on that. We are all the worst. <laughs> we're all on the East Coast. This was like right around the 7.30 mark, and we're all just like doing stuff. Once 8 o'clock hits, we're here for you, West Coast wrestlers. I mean, yeah. That's true. I mean, if you want me to watch all of your wrestling show, you have to put it on. You just started at 8.15 p.m. I'm sorry. It's just that's that's the life of a, of a person who has to put a child down to bed. Well, Nack did pick up the win with a chicken wing. I have recollections of Nack getting some good heel heat through this one. Jaden, the crowd is really behind Jaden. Not happy to see him uh, submit to close up the match. And then we get into our first gimmick match of the night, which again, independent show, live crowd, possible first time viewers in the crowd. It's always good to throw in like some weapons here and there, because that's something that really, I took my buddy to a local show for the first, his first live wrestling show a couple months ago. 
And as soon as they started fighting into the crowd and jumping off of the turnbuckles into the ringside area, that he, he enjoyed the whole show, but that was the moments when he was like, okay, wow, we're in this now. This is crazy that I'm seeing this live, you know? And so getting to see Money, Power, Respect in the bash rows with tables, with chairs, with doors, with Puradamar herself, that's how you get a crowd. I mean, like, Poyo's gonna, gonna bring so much extra flavor to begin with, too. So, like, I don't know, just having her a part of it, like, adds a ton of value and a ton of, a ton of interest for those who are, like, unaware. Like, can you imagine? I mean, sure you can imagine, because, like, who among us haven't, hasn't, like, been exposed to somebody new in wrestling that they hadn't seen before and, like, been, like, immediately, like, had a hundred questions and wanted to know much, much more. If you weren't, a big wrestling person or familiar with wrestling at all. And you're sitting in that crowd and Poyo came out with her, you know, as manager to this tag team, like you'd want to know everything. So it's a tables match. The winners are the first team to put their opponent through a table, putting people through chairs and doors. I mean, that's illegal. You just can't win that way. And uh, sure enough, there were chairs, there were doors we got everything. We got people brought all over the place. And we had Poyo Del Mar herself slammed through a door in Murder Ring. I would... I'd love to sympathize and, like, feel bad. But, I mean, she kind of brought it on herself. I mean, she usually does. Wow. You guys are going to talk mad shit about Poyo? I mean... I'm not going to... I'm just... We're respecting her in her endeavors in the things that she chooses, the choices that she's making, but those choices have consequences, Val Pancakes. No money power disrespect intended. (laughs) Oh, I appreciate the (laughs) wordplay. Once Poirot was out of the picture, you'd think... This is it. Bash Bros have the advantage. No more no more yelling at ringside. No more interference. But no, alas, it doesn't matter. Despite dispatching Poyo, MPR pick up the win. They hit a 3D through the smallest table I've ever seen used in a wrestling match. <laughs> it's not the size of the wood. It's how you use it or something like that. The, the crowd gave a full-on tiny table chant. I mean, this just makes me want to see a full-on, like, tiny tables and ladders and chairs match, where it's, like, all miniature or small versions of it. So, like, instead of a big ladder, it's, like, a step stool and, like, like not even a full folding chair, but, like, a tiny, like, kid's, like, folding chair. I just want, I want to see a tiny version. Like tiny a tiny table. Like a tiny kid's one with, like, a cartoon character on it or something. Exactly. I have one to donate. It's got a Paw Patrol character on it. Don't care for it much. <laughs> wow. So, someone in the Pittsburgh region, hit me up for your tiny your tiny tables, ladders, and chairs match. For your little street fight, L-I apostrophe L. Little street fight. I will sponsor it because, I mean, that's in my name. That's my what? name, too. What if you got, like, children's furniture? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, the little tykes type? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, and continue. 
all legal as long as it's for kids. Yes. You can you can you can use anything. All weapons count, but they have to be for children. So if you're using <laughs> that, it better be like one of those hollow plastic wiffle bats. I want to see someone use safety scissors. <laughs> oh my god. And just like desperately try to like cut somebody with a pair of safety scissors. Oh my gosh. It could happen. I've been cut by safety scissors. Not fun. Makes you feel real weak. <laughs> Following our tables match, we headed into intermission. Apparently there's a wedding in the ring during intermission. We didn't get to see. They mention it. Then they go to break and they come back and it's like, what? What happened? They did mention it. We didn't get to see it. I, I didn't see anybody wearing cake. So it must not have been a real wrestling wedding. Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust it if it wasn't on camera and there wasn't like like five different turns and a cake smashing over someone's head. It just doesn't doesn't check out. Right. Not a so, and then we get Max Burnside versus Lazarus. Val Pancakes, give me your thoughts on this one. I I I like Max Burnside. I like the vibe. I thought the match seemed short to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like if something occurred that I didn't you know I just didn't catch or whatever. But it seemed like it was over really quick. But who knows? Maybe it just felt quick to me. No, it felt quick to me too. I felt like I was just watching like their entrances and and coming in and like the little bit of like you know play back and forth before the match really started and then it was I like turned away for a second and then it was like the finish, which is fine. I'm actually really not complaining. I th- I think that the matches over. I I like the length of this show and I think overall this match was really what these um this card was really well paced. None of these matches overstayed their welcome. I probably could have used a little bit more of this match, but also this was a loaded card and they probably didn't need to do that much to, to do what they needed to do. Yeah, and we're always in favor of leave them wanting more versus us looking at our watch going, okay, like, wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather be disappointed in not seeing more than being impatient for it to move on. Well, here's something, though. So Lazarus picks up the win here to the crowd's discontent. Following Money, Power, Respect, stealing the match in the tables match, following Nax Xander, tapping out fan favorite Jaden, following Anton Voorhees and Chris Brady picking up wins, like, what the hell? Like, five villains in a row picking up the wins. This show sucks. I mean, I'd like to tell you it gets better. Does, uh, mm. it, yeah, that's debatable. It's tough. It's, t- it's, it's, it's a tough question. Do we like any of the people who won tonight? Yes. But, but mm. okay, let, let's, get, let's get to the next one and circle back to that. Because then our next match, out of the curtains first, loudest reaction of the night for Dark Sheik? Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, yes. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Yeah, like she's a she's a star. I'm not. You're, list, you're listening to this podcast. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But just a reminder: every show she's on, every time she walks through a curtain on a show, she's like, boom, superstar, celebrity in the house. Yeah, I mean, and and out here too, but like on the West Coast, without a doubt, a West Coast West Coast Indies, like she's like she's a name, like she's the name. Yeah, my we're still three months away from the 2022 glitter bombs, but all I could think was I think I think she makes top five this year in the favorite wrestler category. 
I mean, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't. Based see... on the year she's had, and based on what I know about our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see any reason why she wouldn't, because I, I think people who vote in the glitter bombs are fully aware of what she manages to accomplish each and every year, but this year especially. I, I, I would tend to, I would tend to maybe agree. I don't know. Glitter bombs always. I guess always by the last two years that I've been a part of this. Um, I guess for me, it's always very interesting to see how, how people vote based on what is going on at the moment. Like, um, I feel like last year, uh, kid bandit kind of came out of nowhere for some, for some categories because they were just hitting big at the time. Not that there's anything wrong with Kid Bandit. I love Kid Bandit. But um, to see it, depending on what people are doing at the end of the year, if what they've done at the beginning of the year can carry them forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, obviously stuff that happens in October, November is going to be fresher in your mind than what what, what happened in February again? Sort of yeah. Thing. But mm-hmm. I guess that's on the rest of them to like take that February momentum and ride it to even bigger crests in the fall. Yeah, I feel like it's almost, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say effortless because I'm sure there's a ton of effort there, but like she just always manages to be in the right place at the right time. She knows like the bookings to take, like she is a consummate professional. She runs a promotion. She, she knows wrestling. She's, she's really good at the, not just being a wrestler, but being in wrestling and understanding like how to get, as over as she possibly can. She's, you know, professional in that way. So, yeah, I I mean, I think it's a bit on the wrestler there, right? Like making a name for yourself, but also making sure that come October, November, you're doing things that get people, get your name locked into people's brains as they start doing those ballots. For glitter bumps, but also for a lot of like year end polls. Yeah. There's like, there's, you know, there's PWI and everything that happens earlier, but then, You've got all kinds of podcasts and publications and all kinds of things that like come out with their list starting in uh, mid-November. So, you know, September and October is the time to like, you know, really resell yourself. And she just always gets it, like always gets it. You got a crowd of people here in this building. They already paid admission to get in. They probably bought some drinks, probably bought a bunch of merch at intermission. A lot of them... uh, Probably just debit everything or interact everything, right? Use a credit card. They don't care cash anymore. Who cares cash in 2022? And yet, despite all this, Sheik's able to walk out into the crowd in the middle of the match and crowdsource good, like 30, 40 bucks probably from these people. Just but just saying, hey, give me your money. Hand over those bills. Give me your money. I'm going to staple them to this guy. I mean, everybody wants to see their money stapled to somebody's face, right? I mean, I constantly, I carry around $5 bill with me just in case I get that opportunity. Oh, see, that's just in general. I carry around $2 bills, so I always know which one's mine. Ooh, smart. Now, American American currency has presidents on it, correct? Except for the 100. It has Ben Franklin on it, who is not a president. No, he was just a kite enthusiast. You know, he was a weather guy. Yeah, he was like lightning. He liked lightning and being naked. And who amongst us doesn't really? Do do with that what you will. 
See, up here in Canada, we have we have various figures on our bills, but a popular figure on many of our, our currency is the late Queen Elizabeth. So it would be very déclassé to be stapling those bills to anybody, at, at least this week. I mean, yes, uh, Harley, how are you feeling in your um, in your time of grieving? I've been wearing all, wearing all black in honor of Her Royal Highness Queen Liz. She's like an aunt. To all of us here in Canada, honestly, I, yeah. like a, like a beloved racist, <laughs> good for nothing aunt who just sponges off of the, the rest of the country and marries their cousin. And who amongst us doesn't have an aunt like that, really? <laughs> who also loves being naked and watching lightning. <laughs> I will say that you know I know that we don't always talk about like. And then I, you know, I don't always know what people are doing the day before they do X, Y, or Z show. But I will tell you that in this very specific instance, I saw Dark Sheik last night in Minnesota. <laughs> and then she, she flew back to the West Coast to go staple dollar bills to Sonico. I mean, I can. Who among us wouldn't take that chance? Right? <laughs> and then literally she brings a trash can into the ring and hits a coast to coast like that's a coast to coast from somebody who has just traveled coast to coast living living it like living the gimmick just living the gimmick <laughs> and yet of... and yet when it all is said and done there's a chair a steel chair in the ring set up as if someone were about to sit on it and instead she is driven through it with the death valley driver i believe it was from Sonico for the win. So again, I circle back to this question. You know, Sonico, I don't know if Sonico is a heel per se, but I would say of the two performers in this match, Sheik was the more beloved, I would I would argue. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that, but also Sonico is a like a big deal in that region and does a ton of work for Prestige and DOA and a bunch of other like and Defy and so it doesn't necessarily, like, thinking about it now, like, it doesn't really surprise me. But in the moment, I, I was a little surprised. I agree. I feel like it was one of those things where it was definitely, like, home court advantage for Sonico, maybe. Yeah, I think I think a little bit there because definitely a whack guy. So, and, and rightfully so. Like, I mean, I thought he looked great. We've talked a lot about Dark Sheep, but I, I really like Sonico. I, um got reintroduced to him when we watched that show for prestige when we covered that show for um the podcast and then i made a point of checking out other opportunities to see him on various streams so um great work there uh was you know uh you know never loved seeing dark chic lose but also you know you gotta you know gotta give some momentum to the person who's going to be around a little bit longer blame it on the jet lag there you go to the Minnesota Malays. <laughs> and who amongst us? No, I'm kidding. Who amongst us? <laughs> Our hey. penultimate match on the card was Sandra Moon defending her Pride Style Championship against Max the Impaler. It's very important to include the Impaler this time because there were multiple Maxes on the show. So it's, it's good to have that descriptor right in the name. Not Max the Promoter, Max the Impaler. You're like, oh, okay, that one. <laughs> no the impaler max yeah see here we go here's another one it's like sandra moon 
is obviously a baby face. Come on, look at her. Look at her, come on. Duh. As someone who didn't like Sandra Moon, I would really question um, a lot about them. That person is probably JR, because JR does not root for faces. That's true. Aside from E. Aside from E. Sorry, with respect to to JR here, uh, JR does solely root for either surreal and i believe trisha dora but all other faces i believe he's staunchly again now that's not to say that maxine paler is a heel like obviously in a situation like this it'd be easy to view them through that lens being that they are bigger and scarier and meaner and they're just being very rough with lovable sandra moon but the crowd firmly behind Max Impaler. I think of the two, the crowd wanted Max to win. Yeah, I got the sense of that, too. Yeah, likewise. I'm so... I add so much to the conversation when I used to agree with you, but you guys just have really good takes. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no. No, not really, but, you know, there's only really so much to say about any given thing happening on a card like this. Um, like, but, yes, I agree. but getting kind of to the idea of, of Max being the heel here or playing the heel, I think what's really interesting to me, always interesting to me about watching Maxine Paler is that I never feel a palpable need to root against them. You know, like I'm not I'm not interested in ever rooting against Maxine Paler. There are times where I'm rooting for the other person more because they're like they're the baby face champ that I that they're my baby face champ like I'm they're like I'm rooting for them because I'm already kind of in the pocket for them and Max is the challenger and I'm not quite ready to shift my allegiances but I'm not rooting against Max um I think that kind of calls to the strength of like a monster gimmick in that Max's gimmick isn't like malicious it's just they're a monster they're like a monster of the wasteland they crush kill destroy it's not personal they're not like backstabbing they're not conniving they're they're a monstrous being of the apocalyptic wasteland they're here to destroy and there's something that like i don't know maybe it's that like you know deep thing inside of us all where it's just like deep inside of us we all have just primal beasts in us um but it's it's really relatable i don't know if that's the right word but like you can't really root against that because there's nothing there's nothing evil or dishonest there. It's it's primal. It's basic and fundamental and it's it's undeniable. And also Max is fucking cool and looks cool and wrestles well and it's hard to root against Max even when you're kind of rooting for the other person more just because Max is Godzilla. Yeah. We're not I mean, going to see 42 Godzilla movies because we want to see the poor, innocent Japanese people get trampled. We're going because we're like, yeah, destruction. That's Max. It's a Max match. We're like, yeah, destroy some stuff. If Sandra gets in the way, sorry, sorry that's, you know, that's the dangers of the, of the job. We're not here to see Sandra get destroyed. We're just here to see destruction. Yeah, it could be anybody. It's not personal, Sandra. Like, yeah. You're just as in the we, way. As we saw at the end of the night. It could be anybody. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Once once Max was thwarted in one direction, well, there's a belt on someone else. Go after that person's belt. Now, Sandra, despite everything, overcomes the odds, manages to hit a gut wrench throw, retains the Pride Style Championship, 
And so again, I just, I just, it's just curious to me that I want to say at every match to this point, the person that the crowd wanted to see win did not win. Just interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it just it keeps happening again and again in this show. It's great. Constantly. Everyone's there with the spirit of togetherness and to benefit a great cause. And we're going to keep spitting in your face, audience. Ah, ha, ha. We're not giving you anything you want. So it all comes down to Ashton Starr. Main event. It is Kita defending the Without a Cost Championship against Ashton Starr. Again, don't like Kita. We love Ashton. So it's all on Ashton. Ashton. Can you be the first babyface victory of the night? Can you give us that feel-good moment that we've been clamoring for for two and a half hours, Ashton? Uh, if you haven't watched the show yet, we're just going to end the podcast here. We don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, fast forward or and stop listening. But uh, if you did watch the show, which hopefully you did because you're listening to this podcast, um, it, it turns out, uh, no, we're going to continue not that well the audience is going to continue not receiving what they want because Kita does definitively get this although not without a lot of close calls yeah this was definitely yeah. match of the night right oh, it's gorgeous they have great written chemistry i mean admittedly i love ashton i think he's absolutely wonderful I enjoy the way that he moves in the ring. It seems so like graceful and fluid to me. Yeah, he has he he has like a a dancer's grace and a like a gymnast sense of like a fluidity. It's really nice. It, it's like a really beautiful beautiful thing to watch. Um, and I thought that Gaston was really well matched with Kita. I, I really like Kita. I, I've become a, a big fan of his um, since this past year. He's done some work for New Japan Strong. I I just I think that he's so so talented, and I love the way that he can make uh, certain um, like technical moves seem like power moves. And the power moves are done with such like a light touch that they almost feel like a fly rather than a power move. Um, and combining that with Ashton's abilities, it's just really remarkable. Like, I, I just, I loved this match. This is actually one of my favorite matches I've watched this year. I love the blockbuster off the apron onto, I don't even know what to call them. They're not folding chairs. They're, what, what do you call them? I wrote fancy chairs. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, the best adjective I could come up with, me, an English major. I was like, onto the fancy chairs. Um, I think that that's the technical term for it. <laughs> okay, that's what they're called from now on. I love the blockbuster onto the, the decorative metal chairs at ringside. We, we get a nice sequence near the end with the Boston Crab getting kicked. Oh, yeah, that's that's the one that I really loved. Again, I was like, hmm, beautiful. Kita has the Boston Crab on. Ashton kicks him off. And then sort of like rolls back and immediately hits the axe kick out of nowhere. It's just very fluid and really to the point where I was like, okay, I got mental note. Got to mention that on the show. <laughs> and then the end, Kita taking the low road with a low blow. Referee doesn't see it. And after some back and forth, find your fate. Kita retains still WAC champion. And, uh, man, if I was in this crowd, I'd be shaking down Brian after the show going, what is this, man? I come out to support your local independent show, your first show ever, and 
you give me just like a-holes and jerks just winning up and down the card. Mm. Mm-hmm. But Brian would rightfully say, but wait, we didn't end the show there. We didn't end it with Kita, uh, you know, kind of cheating to win there. We did not end that with like that. The audience did get their moment of triumph because who comes out to wipe the floor with Mr. Kita but Maxine Hiller, who, sensing weakness, sensing metal to be claimed, came out and destroyed the foe in order to name their challenge for the title. Yeah, Kita finding their own fate at the end of this one. Yeah. Yeah, this is fun because this was really, like, there was no fight to this. This was just Max just, like, swinging him around, essentially. Max, yeah, they draw into the crowd. Max hits a curb stomp onto the championship belt, presumably making it clear that they're next in line for a shot at that without a cost title. That's my guess. Yeah, I'm feeling that that's uh, the setup for the next event. I agree, and it, I was kind of running around doing other things, so I apologize. But it, it sounded like Max is very much making their presence uh, known, and uh, they they had. They, I don't know if they specifically called out that they were uh, looking for that belt, but I feel like somebody specifically said something. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, I think the challenge is fairly clear there. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to see Max do do more and more work on the other coast, you know? I feel like we were spoiled for a bit, and we got we got it all, we got we got Maxed all to ourselves over here in the northeast region and southeast region, but um, now, now they're, they're everywhere. They're global. Would you say you got Maxed out? We, um, no, because that would imply that we were done with max we were done with we were thrilled to the max that's a good one it's a good way to go and now uh max is hmm, wait no mm, nope happy to see them maximize their potential yes yeah yeah, uh, he, we here at Grid and Glitter are admittedly a little biased, maybe, towards East Coast promotions. I think sometimes stuff that happens on the West Coast is a little bit of a blind spot to us. Yeah, I, I tend to definitely skew more East Coast, Southeast, Midwest myself. Um, so, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. And I know that y'all are based east, more Easter than I am. Yes, yes we are. But Easterner. I East Eastern Easterner further east. <laughs> so that was Cascadia. Very, pretty good show overall. Yeah. Very good show. Yeah. Concise. Nothing overstated. It's welcome. Gotta gotta say, I actually no crazy that, I mean, backstage drama. Felt real straightforward. Friends oh, are they going to have a scrum? Oh, oh yes. yeah. I've, that's got to be on YouTube. Like, we're recording this right after the show finishes. So that might be happening that's, right now. Somebody might be yes. having a meltdown. Yeah, we might be missing a whole thing about, like, you know, people getting bitten or whatever. But as far as we know, everything is very peaceful. No, for real, though, I think um, this is a good template of any kind of, of any indie show. Like, good, concise matches. Nothing overstated. It's welcome. A nice variety of styles. A nice variety of match styles. 
Um, lots of wrestlers um, in the mix there, both familiar faces to those in the crowd, but also new entities. Everybody had a really seemed like they were having a good time. The audience stayed in it. It's really a good time. Hey, Brian, good work. We probably have to tune into LGBT in the Ring this Thursday to find out when Cascadia 2 is going to happen, right? Cascadia 2. More Cascadia. Come on, there's no way. Like, we we were there with our friend Mayday as they planned their very first wrestling show ever. Just, just a one time, just, just for fun, just check off the bucket list. Now they're up to like their fifth or sixth show. So there's no way that Brian says, okay, yeah, that was fun. And then just walks away. No, no, no. We know. We know how this goes. We know the story. I don't know. There's very much a way, which is uh, it might just be too goddamn expensive to continue doing it. <laughs> Remember, money. Gotta have money to do these things. We find we we've all learned what happens when you don't have money to do these things. Just because you should doesn't mean you have to. Just because you could and maybe even should doesn't mean that it might be better if you did it. <laughs> For multiple reasons. No, no, that that feels like writing on the parade. If you uh, decide to do this again, Brian, we support you. Um, and I know our listeners will support you, especially following um, such a su- successful show. So good job, everybody involved. Good job, the promotions involved. Good job to all the wrestlers. Good job to the, the crowd at the BFW because everybody, you know, really stayed in it. So, no, yeah, it was a fun watch. I I agree. I like especially for like a Sunday night show, mm-hmm. like. I don't want to watch a four-hour-long anything. Yeah. No, please, please don't make me ever watch four-hour-long. I don't want to watch four hours of wrestling in one sitting. Like I don't need that in my life. A two and a half-hour show is just, just so great. It's so perfect. I mean, I could watch four hours of wrestling, but like, I need to have a break in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't. I could watch four hours of wrestling, but I don't really want to watch four hours of one show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, give me two two-hour shows from different promotions. Great. Awesome. Give me some variety. I need it. I'm a, I'm a person of limited patience. I have a limited attention span. That's why I can binge watch TV shows, but sometimes watching a movie just feels like too much. As always, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod. If you support us on Patreon, $1 a month gets you a weekly newsletter written from all of us, your friends at the Glitterati. $5 gets you bonus podcasts like Emily and I covering the history of women in WWE. We call it Women's Wrestling Entertainment. Emily and Valerie Quartz are rewatching the Netflix series Glow. That's a podcast as well that you can get. For just five dollars a month we should have a new episode of that out very very soon for our patreon subscribers where we cover episodes five and six of netflix's first season of glow these are two really important episodes in not just season one but the entire run of the series because it's really these two episodes really define characters in a way that's going to stick through the the following seasons and really kind of a declarative like declaring this is not just a show about women in performing in a TV show, but women performing wrestling and a show about pro wrestling. So definitely, if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon, make sure you do so because it's a it's the best possible way to support us, but also for to help us support other promotions like Cough Cough, 
Cascadia. We were a late minute, last minute sponsor for Cascadia. We are a sponsor on Mady's Promotion CFU. We're an Enjoy Wrestling sponsor. We're a Wrestlers Lab sponsor. So we do this um, because we can do this because of the money that you give us through our Patreon. And in exchange, we give you fun bonus content and opportunities to to you know pick topics for our shows, to get to know us better through our weekly newsletter, and all kinds of great stuff. So Great Glitter Pod on Patreon. Find us there. Subscribe. You'll you'll find it very much worth your dollars. Real talk. We we wouldn't have made it to three years without your support and your listenership. Even if you even if you're listening to this every week and you've never given us a single dime, like that's fine. You're listening and support your tweets, your likes, your retweets. That's what keeps us going. That's what motivates us to do this every single week with our ragtag team of correspondence and we're going to do this for another year another three years however long it takes until we're old and gray and we're tired of covering the hardy kids and aurora rose levesque's seventh wwe women's championship reign well i mean i'm already old and gray but i'm not tired of wrestling yet so we still have that